So welcome to the first episode of This Binge Watcher's Life, a new creative kind of recap podcast for different TV shows. Our first TV show that we're starting with is an old favorite of ours, The Titans Show from the DC Universe. More like a new favorite, but the characters are old for sure. What's the, uh, the platform called? Oh, the, the DC uh, streaming service? I think it's just called, like, DC Universe. Uh-oh. My name is Nadim Nizamuddin. I am a DC Universe expert. <laughs> My name is the Boy. I'm the actual DC Universe <laughs> expert. We're big fans of DC and fortunate years coming off of uh, Justice League, the terrible, terrible movie. And then a string oh. of what? They had the Batman Superman movie that was... It was, yeah, it was okay. It was better then, than Justice League. But that was that was before Justice League, right? Yeah, and then yeah. they had the Justice League movie, and then and Aquaman just came out. I haven't seen. I haven't yet. seen that yet. I'm. I, I want to see that. I've heard good things about it. I've heard mixed. I've heard some people say it was great. Some people say it was like a Disney Channel movie. I'm not sure what to expect, but <laughs> yeah, with Marvel movies like all on the roar right now, I think that DC really needs to step up, and they've taken a good first step with the streaming service and their first show, Titans. Yeah, no, definitely agree. This was this was a surprise. I definitely, with that first trailer that came out and the whole uh, F Batman controversy where everyone was like, this is way too like edgy like or trying They're to be trying edgy. trying way too hard with this, yeah. I, I wrote it off. And it wasn't actually until Nadim told me like, hey, it's actually good. Yeah. I, I, so at first, when I first saw the trailer, I thought this was a Netflix show. <laughs> and uh, so when it came out, the release date, um, I went on Netflix and I like kept searching for it, couldn't find it. And then I found out that it was on DC streaming service. And I was like, do I want to pay a whole <laughs> subscription fee for one show? Not only that, it was like a weekly episodic television show. So yeah. it wasn't like you could binge it all at once. And that, that's what, that was their point, right? They want you to keep subscription to their service, which is smart on them. It's smart. Yeah. It's a smart way to build your platform. But we here at this binge watchers <laughs> life took it upon ourselves to wait until the season finale is over. So when you start watching this show, we'll take you through it and you can watch it. You can binge the whole, the whole season. Yeah. Just get that free trial, binge it, and then listen to the podcast, you know, afterwards. After every episode. So before we start actually getting into the show, we want to take a look back and see what parallels that we kind of see from the old animated show, which is a huge hit back in the heyday. Now, we're talking about the original Teen Titans animated show, not this new Teen Titans Go Go thing. No, 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 definitely (laughs) not. That can, like, go in the trash. We're We're talking about Slade Wilson, Tara, like that emotional stuff that drew you when you were a kid. I think that was one of the best storylines in animated show I've ever seen, like the whole Tara and everything. That was crazy. Poor Beast Boy. Man, he always gets hurt. So we have Robin, who is played by Brenton Withies. Is that his name? Yeah, I think someone like that. I actually, this was, I think, one of the first times when I started watching a show, and I didn't know any of the actors or actresses. Like, they kind of got, like, a new slate for everyone. Brenton Thwaites, that's his name. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But he's from Pirates of the Caribbean 5, which I know, like, it's hard to keep track of, which I thought it was a good movie. Um, I liked it. Was that the one with Blackbeard? No. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. That was the one with um, the Mexican uh, pirate, Salvador or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Javier Bardem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That Maybe because of Javier Bardem. Yeah, he and was they really brought good. back uh, Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley. Yeah. That was crazy. Speaking of, though, they they confirmed that they're going to reboot the series without Johnny Depp. 
Anyways, completely another huge tangent. But Brenton Thwaites, who is playing Robin, who's going to be the main character. He was the main character in the old show as well. Yeah. He's the main Teen Titan. He was in um, Pirates. He was also in The Giver. And I think this is probably his most prominent role. Gods of Egypt. I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I, I think I've seen most of the movies you just listed, but I don't remember him. Yeah, yeah. And so definitely I think this seems like his thing. So he's an Australian actor, kind of like an up-and-comer. Actually, when they were announcing after The Dark Knight that they were kind of rebooting the Justice League and throwing in new age, kind of like the new characters. Remember, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like yeah. in uh, talks about maybe a Robin role or a Batman role. Instead of bringing Ben Affleck in, who is like the oldest, one of the oldest, <laughs> one of the more like established figures in Hollywood, you had like Henry Cavill, who was like new on the scene playing Superman. I thought Brenton Thwaites could be like a good Batman, or it kind of like fit that role because he was like a yeah. new up and coming like but Australian actor. That. So that's cool. But I mean, thankfully we have him as Dick Grayson now because I think he's a great Dick. He's great. Yeah. I like I love him as an actor, and I was really excited. I think that's one of the things that drew me into the show in the first place. Mm-hmm. So then on the other side, you have Raven who's played by Tegan Croft. And uh, before this, she was in Home and Away and The Osiris Child. So, no yeah, neither do I. I mean, I think even IMDb was having trouble finding anything. Like, this is her breakout role. Yeah, and sure. so in the show, she's portrayed as basically like a little girl, confused about her powers. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's a different spin. So this is like one thing that you have to do, especially with this first episode, you got to take it with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. it's completely a different sprint from what you're used to. You have Anna Diop playing um, Starfire, which is just a weird turn on the Starfire character. She's like kind of like a hooker, uh, like uh Yeah, like a foreign type. Because oh, like she wakes up like in Russia or something like that. Austria. 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 And then it's very different than what we're expecting. And she's of, a like, killer yeah and our starfire that we knew growing up she was like this she was foreign but like she was like very sweet very kind didn't Mm want to hurt anybody this one's kind of just like going around killing obviously we'll get into it in the first episode but it's a it's a different spin on it definitely a much much darker spin and then you have um ryan pother potter potter yeah like like harry potter oh that's not h okay so (laughs) (laughs) you have ryan potter playing uh beast boy He's also like a kid, but in B- I think this character kind of lines up with the old characters yeah. the best out of the four. Yeah, he's definitely more of just like, this is Beast Boy, and this is what I expected from Beast Boy. Yeah. Whereas like Raven, you know, from the old TV show, she knew her powers, she was like in control of her powers, it worked. She right? was like older, she was like a dark character, here she's kind of like a confused little child. I think definitely for this show, you have to go in realizing that this is like, this season is a story of how the Titans were got started. This isn't like they're going to be episode one, they're the Titans, and they're yeah. going to start fighting together, yeah. and they're a team. And this is like how they got to where they were. None of them are you know, their characters yet in that traditional sense, and we're going to follow their journey. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Yeah, so the show starts off with Rachel... Walking into Rachel, aka Raven, walking into a circus and seeing, you know, the traditional Dick Grayson storyline of him being um, whatever artist that flies to the air. Is that trapeze artist? I'm not sure. Yeah, trapeze. There you go. Um, and then him and his parents, you know, doing their swing and they're like they're breaking and his parents dying and he's really distraught. 
and then she wakes up and you know she's like really distraught and her mom like comes in and consoles her so this was really interesting because i felt like this was an easy way for them not just like easy but a really smart way of them to kind of like get out of the way of like which character it was like this is dick who was in the circus and stuff like that was the robin we're talking about that's the you know robin we're gonna get yeah um or nightwing you know as he eventually becomes and then whenever her mom leaves you see on the door like 30 crosses yeah so we clearly see there's some sort of like christian iconography in this um there's clearly something wrong with her <laughs> parents don't know what's up or her mom doesn't know what's up um and they're trying to figure it out we can see through her episodes that she's like reaching out to people or this episode that she's reaching out to people and then we kind of get like um the glimpses that she has where her eyes turn dark yeah and she kind of looks in the mirror and it's like a back and forth between her and her like soul self yeah like her inner darkness yeah. i'm guessing and um, those are her powers that's where yeah. the powers stem from um i really liked because then we uh after that whole scene we went to the title card and i actually really like the title card um like the whole titans how like it goes around the word and you see glimpses of each character in the letters yeah. like they did a really good job with that it's cool um, and then we open on you know the great dick grayson and he's in a police station and he's a detective and he gets introduced to a new partner and he's like i don't really do partners and we're like oh man you know he doesn't do partners so we see like a more darker dick grayson he's older he's moved on from batman and I think they tried to push the envelope too hard a bit with yeah. this, like, I just hate Batman. I never want to have a partner again in my life. He, like, ruined partners for yeah. me. Yeah, because we're, we're in Detroit now, which, you know, at first, I was like, Detroit? Like, there was no, like, I thought it would be easier for them to just be in a comic book city, right? They don't have to, like, conform to anything, but, yeah. I mean, they were like, yeah, we're in Detroit, and he's a detective here, and they're like, oh, he was a detective in Gotham, and I was like, do, does he, like hack the network and make it seem like he was a detective in gotham like before coming here because obviously he was a detective in gotham yeah yeah yeah. um and i don't remember dick grayson ever being a detective in the comics or anything like that i think it's more of batman's always called the world's greatest detective yeah and then the robin's so like kind of like taking after him yeah and that's more, what he knows how to it's what he knows to do exactly best. and so like it's easier for him to become a detective because he's been trained as robin and stuff so he is like a detective in that sense yeah and then also what we see is he's carrying this special briefcase around him and he keeps looking at the briefcase like it's something of his past and yeah. we come later to find out what it is well we'll get to that definitely um but yeah so then the story keeps moving along so yeah then we get to rachel she's back from school we see her interactions at school she's like a loner everyone's really always like hating on her she's really ostracized um but i also felt like they did it in a very cliche way like some guy came up to her in the bus and was like you slut and it was just so out of the blue and i was like is that the only way you guys can show that she's a loner yeah i don't know it was it, it was it was a weird kind of spin the way that they did it to introduce the characters i thought it was a little weird a little too much mm -hmm. um i thought they definitely could have eased us into it more but i understand that it was kind of like rushed out of field um where they wanted to establish exactly what these characters were before really providing any character development through yeah. it. No, so definitely. That, like, you definitely know, like, Rachel's just this confused little girl, and Dick is just this, like, really just, like, tough guy, like, doesn't play by the rules anymore, hates Batman, hates partners, like, scarred him for life kind of thing. Oh, man, Dick. It's too funny. But, yeah, so then we get to kind of, like, our first little beat of action, 
when Rachel comes home and her mom is being held hostage by this guy. And he's like, tell her the truth. Tell her you're not her mom. And Rachel's like, what do you mean? And the lady is like, I'm not your mom. And then the guy just shoots her. Like, he doesn't even, like, bargain. He just kills her. And Rachel gets so angry that some of her powers come out. And he, she, like, slams the guy into the wall from, like, across the room using, like, darkness. And then just runs out of the room. And I really liked how, like, they show her powers. Like, it looks really cool. Like, the small, like, animations of, like, the darkness coming out of her and hitting the guy and stuff like that. I thought, when I first saw the, the villain, I thought that he was somebody from, like, an old comic or something like that. Because he was presented in such a way that it kind of reminded me of Dr. Zaz. Do you remember Dr. Zaz from, yeah. like, Batman comics? That's why I thought it was, like, a bigger version of him. And then we have my favorite scene of the entire episode. The first introduction to Robin that we see. It's nighttime in Detroit. And, you again, you're in the car. Um, Dick is looking over some... Um, it was like a, it was some sort of case, I think, about like the child abuse. Yeah, there, there's like this one guy who deals like in arms, but is also like a child abuser. Yeah. Um, and then like he's in the middle, like he's about to go to, uh, like, a, like he's about to go do a deal and like sell some like guns or something like that. Yeah, so the exchange is coming up and then you see Dick look at his case <laughs> and he finally considers opening it. And while the exchange happens... Final, it's like smoke, right? Yeah. It became, it became like really smoky, and Robin just jumps down, and we're like, finally, we get to see Robin, and it was it was beautiful. I was really awesome. loved it. It like, was really cool. The whole suit that they had, the little R being a what is it, battering, whatever, yeah. like a Robining, whatever. And this wasn't like your Robin of old, where they're just kicking guys and you know just like doing very minimal damage just to get the job done. He was. No holds barred, killing guys. It was bloody. Using, yeah, like, it, was it was awesome. intense. It was very gory. They, and they, they did it well with the sounds. Like it was like bones cracking, blood splattering, and they, and they made it really comic booky, which I really like. Like blood was like splattering on the walls, like it would in a comic book and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely like really, really violent. And it was like you know he put on the suit and he just went hard on them, um, to the point where like he was taking the guy's head and like smashing it in the car door over and over. Yeah, and, and he was then, using his R, like, the battering thing, and, like, he threw it at some guy's eye and yeah. saw it, like, splatter out. It and then we really get the uh, the line of the show. The line of the season, maybe. I mean, it's a line everyone's talking about. And I think the line the, from the trailer. <laughs> the line from the trailer that made everyone talk and made a lot of people write off the show. Yeah. Which was Robin saying, F Batman. Yeah. Um, and then he pursued to just take down the entire game. Well, it was actually after. That's what I liked it better than it was in the trailer because it was after he took down everyone and it was more kind of like in context. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, as Batman, because someone was like, you know, at first, oh, he, Batman's not here. Little Birdie's all alone. We can take him. And then he like basically destroys them. And then he's like, as Batman. Um, so it was less less edgy than it was in the trailer. I yeah. really, I liked it more in the show than I did in the trailer. Yeah, and this was kind of the first time, what we were waiting for when we were watching this episode, this is the first time Titans actually felt like a superhero show, you know? It was like a very, very far removed spin from what we're used to with the Teen Titans, and there's a lot of blood and gore, and then for Ta uh, Tyler Hackett, there was like a really, really brutal send-off that they gave for him. But it was kind of cool because you're on Robin's side for it. You know, the dude's like abusing his own daughter. Yeah. So, like, no, definitely. It was definitely. They, they really made cool. it easy to sympathize with Robin because it was like child abuse person, right? Yeah. It wasn't just like a basic robbery or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And also, it's kind of 
a different spin on what we're used to with the Dick Grayson character. I think we're much more used to Jason Todd doing some crazy violent yeah, acts like this. Yeah, definitely. Dick Grayson's more like the sensible, kind of like the Batman, like the second Batman, uh, like the the successor to Batman. And Jason Todd was kind of the more brutal, violent, didn't like care about mm-hmm. the consequences or anything. So this is like a different spin from the Dick Grayson character that we're used to seeing. Yeah, definitely. I think especially in the animated, like, Teen Titan show and the other adaptations that they've made, they've always kept Dick as more of like the nice one, the one who like goes by the rules. You know, he was the first Robin, then he was Nightwing. Everything was okay. Um, whereas this, he seems to have a lot of like problems, you know, going on with himself and, you know, with everything that Batman did to him, I think in terms of like training and stuff kind of messed up this version of Dick Grayson. Um, but yeah, so then we get back to like, He's at his place repairing stuff and like they kind of just like go through some uh, scenes and we get to where they're at the detective like the uh, was a police department and they're showing Robin take down everyone and everyone else in the police station is like darn these vigilantes. Yeah the mayor even says he wants Robin to go home. Yeah. It's like. And this this is where we kind of see like they're like oh he hasn't been seen in Gotham for a while he just popped up in Detroit so it's like okay Dick has been out of Gotham for a bit something happened and everything. Um, but you can also see in the, in the scene where he's kind of like cleaning everything up, there's kind of like a, like a, maybe like a remorse side to him that we see maybe like where he's just angry and that's what he's taking out all his aggression on, but he still has that kind soul Robin still somewhere or kind soul Dick Grayson somewhere in him. Yeah. I definitely think that's why like he's not in Gotham anymore. Like that was probably too much like violence all the time for him. And he needed a break from that. And he's, like, trying to do better, right? He's, like, working as a detective. He's trying to do it like that. Um, but there's still some times where he just, he sees something happening. And he's, like, I have to suit up right now. Yeah, yeah. So then the next scene we see is Rachel's heading to Detroit by coincidence. Oh, or man. Something They're like both going to be in Detroit? Yeah. And uh, she finds herself in a shelter where a woman offers to take her in and, um... You could tell that her intentions, though, aren't noble. Yeah. That was, like, I felt, like, really easily right when, like, she introduced herself. Because she was, like, Rachel's at a soup kitchen. And the lady was, like, oh, there's, like, a youth shelter a little bit away. I can take you there. Yeah, I was, I like. I thought she was already at the shelter. Yeah, I was, I was like, like what is, sketch. What? This is sketch. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just back and forth with this. Like, what's the deal with Rachel? Mm-hmm. Like, why does she draw so many bad people? Because right after that, when she gets out of the, the, the woman's grasp, there's a cop that kidnaps her. And, um, I don't, I guess like the child abuse, child trafficking, child kidnapping, like, what is it with the show? Detroit. So I, I feel like they're just giving a bad rep to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like in the real world, Detroit's trying to work hard, repair its image. At times, they're like, Detroit's basically child central for like, you know, abusers. It's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we also slowly start seeing more, uh, more times of Rachel interacting with her inner darkness. Less so of it just taking over her. We see her like, she'll look in a puddle or a mirror and like that Rachel in the mirror will like have like the dark eyes and like yeah. talk to her and be like, don't do this. Or, like you're in danger. Like with the lady, she, like the dark one was like, she's going to like betray you, like run away yeah. and stuff. So we don't see maybe she wasn't as scared of the darkness as it was like a guide for her. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's like she, at times she needs it. And then she's like, at times she's like, I just don't know how to control it. Yeah. And stuff. 
So in the next scene, you have the introduction of Starfire, the Starfire character. Like I said earlier, completely different take on what we're used to with Starfire. She's in a hotel room, um, and she's just confused. She has no idea where she mm-hmm. is. It says that we're in Vienna, Austria. Yeah, she wakes up in, like, the car crash. Yeah. And then, like, she has, like, amnesia. She doesn't know who she is, so we don't know who she is. Um, I feel like they did that on purpose with this character because they did such a different take on her. Like, they did the whole, she's in Vienna and stuff, and the fact that she doesn't know who she is makes it easier for us to be like, okay, let's find out who she is with her and stuff. Um, I'm still, like, even after going through most of the show, I like the character development she's gone through, but I don't know, I felt like they could have easily done orange skin. I don't know, for me, that was, like, a big point. Like, why is it that they couldn't make an orange skin character? Guardians has a green skin character easily. Like, we have Thanos was purple. Um, I feel like they could have easily made her just, like, default orange skin. Um, but at the same time, I felt like with the tone they're trying to go with more, like, realistic tie-ins, they didn't want to have her be, like, orange skin default and stuff. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think out of the four characters, this is the one casting call that I just didn't like. Yeah. Out of the four. But, I mean... She grows on you, I guess. I think she definitely does uh, grow on you. And she is a character that, you know, by the end of the season, I really do like, especially the development they give her. And a lot of, like, she does bring a good amount of humor. Um, and I really like the character itself. So oh, it's interesting. But yeah. We'll see how it goes. So then she finds a passport with her name. It's Coriander's. And um, that's basically the Earth version of Coriander. Yeah. Which is the place that she's from, or her name from where she's from in Tamarin. Um, and then she finds her hotel that she's staying at. And again, no clue of anything, no memory, complete amnesia. She has no idea where she is. And she is bawling though. Like she has like a whole penthouse suite. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) She goes into her room and she finds a guy tied up in the closet. The guy was, she was like working for the guys that were going after her in the car or something, but he gave her the answers. Yeah. She said, the guy said that he they'd found the girl that she was looking for and he has to meet or she has to meet with a guy named Constantine Kovar. And yeah. he his name is um uh, Constantine Kovar, Kovar right? Yeah. So his he used to be named like he's a DC comic character named Red Star, but he used to be Starfire. Oh snap. Yeah, so he was originally Starfire. And then they renamed him to Red Star, and then she became, like, then they introduced the character Starfire. That's weird. Yeah, like, he's actually a good guy? Like, no, no, he was just a totally separate character with the name Starfire. Oh. Yeah, like, he was just a really old comic character, like, a Russian guy, I think, more during, like, the Cold War times. Okay. Um, They used to have the name Starfire until, like, they created the character in the comic Starfire. So it was really interesting seeing, you know, I feel like they've done that a lot with this show where they've been bringing a lot of characters from, like, the DC archives that haven't been in the comics for a while, haven't ever been on TV or a movie, and they're putting them as, like, side characters, as, like, callbacks, like, you know, people who are really into DC and stuff. This is the first time we're introduced to, really, uh, Starfire's kind of new dark side, where she brutally breaks this guy's neck after she gives her the information she wants. Yeah, I was really surprised. Like, even though maybe, like, they're like, oh, she has amnesia, she doesn't really know. It's like, man, if I had amnesia, I wouldn't be breaking guys' necks, like... She fights this guy, and then after he gives her the info, she just, like, breaks his neck and, like, Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. For someone that doesn't know where she's at, what she's doing, or anything like that, she's very, very violent. Incredibly so. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, very intense. So then we are taken back to the police department in New York. We have the first meeting between Dick Grayson and Rachel. And right when she sees him, she's like, you're the guy from my dreams, basically. Like, and he's like, I kid. know, I know, I look good. She's like, no, no. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you, with like the whole circus and everything. And Dick immediately is like, distraught by like, it. How do you know that? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what are you saying and stuff? And he gets really worried. So then we see like a flashback after she grabs his hand. We see kind of a flashback to when Dick is crying over his parents after they died. And then you see a hand squeezing his shoulder and saying, and a voice that says, I want to help you. And we can only assume this is Bruce Wayne. Oh boy, Bruce. <laughs> it's the first glimpse of him. They don't actually show him, but this is pretty much obviously Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I mean, we all mostly know the story of Batman and Robin. So a lot of these are just like, you know, kind of like. Subtle hints. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're really, for us, it's like, oh yeah, that's Bruce. Like, that's so awesome and stuff. So I, I really like how they did that. Yeah. And then we get Rachel getting picked up by a cop. And she thinks, oh, you know, this is someone else who's helping her. I don't understand this at all. I, don't, I just don't get how bad the police situation <laughs> in Detroit is. First of all... They're just giving a bad rep to Dick Detroit. Dick is just a terrible cop. Yeah, like, Dick just is like... just, like, leaving the girl there, like, Which whatever, is, we'll it's do It's hilarious, because earlier, they're like, Dick, can you meet with this girl? Like, you're always like, good you're with good kids. you're good with kids, yeah. And then he comes in, and he's like, yeah, I can't help yeah. you. Peace out. <laughs> I'm done, I'm out. Doesn't even, like, give her off to somebody good. There's like a corrupt cop that comes in and kidnaps her basically from the room. Yeah, no, definitely not a good look on Dick. The guy puts her into the cop car. She's kind of like struggling and he sedates her. Um, and then he puts her in the cop car and leaves. And then Dick runs out because he sees that Rachel is gone. And he sees the car peeling away. So he quickly gets in his car and goes after him. So then we see this exchange between Dick and Amy, his new partner, asking about... Um, whether their differences were because of the like the sidekick that was on the take that was mentioned earlier and dick kind of explains that his former partner in gotham was considered a hero by many including himself but he had to leave because dick felt like he was coming becoming too much like him so this is like kind of the seeds being planted that we see throughout the season where the differences between the Batman and Robin characters and how big of a role that plays in Robin's life. So then we get, we're getting towards the end of the episode and we have two major moments. We have Starfire in the club and then we have Rachel and Dick in the warehouse. And so, I mean, this is, this has been a pretty jam packed show in terms of what's been going on. And so we'll tackle Starfire in the club first. So she goes to the club based off, you know, the guy, the broken neck guy's info. Um, and she goes to the back room and she meets with this guy um, you know, as earlier Kovar. we talked about Kovar, the Red Star slash Starfire guy, and he tells her that, oh, he loved her, how could he betray her, and she legit, legit has no idea what's going on. Yeah. She's, she's super completely confused. Completely out of it. No idea. But Kovar is like, you were looking for this girl, and it's a picture of Rachel, and Starfire tries to, like, grab it or something, and they, like, pull their guns out at yeah, her. Yeah, try to shoot her. And that's when we see, finally... Starfire's powers. Yeah. And she just unleashes basically like fire all upon them. And it's it's basically like kind of cuz in the sh in the anime show it was more just like beams of energy. So this is much more of like in terms of like realistic where she's like putting out something that like lights fire and stuff. So very intense. I kind of I, I like the powers that she has. 
Um, but still the same would have been cool to see like high intense energy beings. Yeah. And I just don't, I guess without knowledge of anything and she has no idea like what's going on around her for the control that she had with their powers is pretty good. Yeah, she lit up the whole room and managed to keep the photo safe. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That photo was on a uh, fireproof paper. Basically. Yeah. Fireproof. Definitely. That was a cool scene. That was probably, um, the first scene that I liked of the Starfire characters is because she's kind of like a BA in that scene, I'd say. Um, and then we go back into Detroit and we see that Rachel has been kidnapped by the guy that killed her mom earlier in the show, the Dr. Zazz looking guy. And I don't, I mean, it was way too dragged out, I feel, because Dick Grayson comes and finds the place and like is there, but is completely useless in the scene. I mean, he takes out the one cop that uh, kidnapped her. I felt like it was another cliche villain keeps saying stuff but not doing what he's supposed to yeah. do. Like, he could have easily killed Rachel like 10 minutes yeah. and like way before, but he just kept saying things. And for us, it didn't really make sense. So we didn't really have any like care for what his plan was because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what his plan was. He just kept I mean, saying stuff. We didn't stuff. know who he was either. Like, yeah, I had no I idea. Had no... And then he said something about a blood sacrifice. So basically, he was just trying to kill Rachel. Um, and then you see the entire so dick is right by the door of the room that they're in and then rachel's soul cell comes out and it was gross yeah it like it goes into like the guy's body and just like basically kills it from the inside yeah. and you see blood coming out and it was very gory it was pretty intense but it was like you know in the teen Titans show her powers are just like darkness comes out and she like hits bad guys with it right this was kind of like yo like darkness comes out and wreck stuff and just up. Kills people, yeah. Straight up. Straight up. Um, and then Dick asks her what happened when he get, finally opens the door and she has no idea and he's just completely confused. Yeah, there, she because she when that darkness came out, she doesn't really know what's going on. And so when she comes to, she just sees Dick and the guy dead. And Dick comes in and sees the guy dead and Rachel. And so like the two of them are confused, and then there's just the dead guy. Yeah, and then um we see the Porsche. The family heirloom that Dick says. Um, and Rachel asks if this is from the circus. And Dick says, this is one of the best lines. He says, it's not the one that you're thinking of. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then Rachel and Dick are together. Dick's going to take care of her. And that's the end of the episode. And then we get a small little epilogue with a some random place in Ohio. There's like a little shopping strip. There's a security guard, he's playing on his PS4, and then he hears a noise, and he goes to investigate, and what is there but a green tiger? And what does that remind you of? We got Beast Boy, finally. Beast Boy. But what should have started as basically just an episode of him turning into a bunch of different animals, we instead got it as a little epilogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I love Beast Boy. I'm really excited. I hope we get more of him next episode. I get like they had to set up a lot with Dick, Rachel, and Starfire. But I'm definitely excited for more Beast Boy later on. Yeah, this episode, as a start, it was kind of interesting, kind of planting the seeds for different, um, more internal internal topics to go throughout the rest of the season with the whole Batman and Robin thing. Why is Dick so angry? What actually happened in Gotham? What's going on with Starfire? Why can't she remember anything? Why does she need Rachel? Why is she looking for yeah, Rachel? A lot of questions and that then, we get. Yeah, and then where is Rachel going with this whole soul self thing? Why are people like hunting Rachel? Yeah. So there's a lot to get answered, but after the first episode... All right, so so in terms of rating, what would you rate this, Nadine? I would rate it a 6.5. It was kind of... 
Very dark. I thought they tried a little too hard. The action was good, but the, the dialogue during the action was kind of whack. Um, but it was a good episode. I mean, it was intriguing. I liked it. It kind of has a new spin on the old Titans series. And like I said, definitely take this episode with a grain of salt if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I think, I think you know, looking back now, I definitely would have viewed that rating of 6.5. I remember when I first watched it, I was kind of still riding on that hype of you and Maz telling me to watch it. <laughs> and I watched that first episode. I was like, this actually is really good. So for, I went in with low expectations. I was expecting a one Yes, 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 yes. That's, that's <laughs> also big because when the trailer came out, everyone was bagging on this show. Everyone was bagging yeah. on it. So I was like thinking this show is going to suck. It's going to be terrible. When I saw this episode, I was like, all right, this is a lot better than I thought it would be. <laughs> Maybe I've been hyping it up too much for people I've recommended it to. I should tell them to go at low expectations. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but definitely this, right now, it's at, out of the one episode that we've, you know, talked about, it's at ranking one. But over time, it's going to probably be at the end of the ranking in the season because it's definitely the weakest episode of the whole season. Yeah, and it definitely goes up from here. This show yeah. gets a lot better once we get into it, and we'll get into it on the next episode of the pod. Yeah, definitely. Episode 2 will be coming out in a few days, guys. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, and we'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening. All right, this is Ziad. You can find me at at Z-B-H-O-Y. Oh, and I have a annoying thing where my Instagram and Twitters are different. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at NadeemN22 and on Twitter at TheDreamN22. Why do you have it that's different? Because I was a little kid when I made my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> just just change it. This I don't know which one to change. <laughs> I'm known by both. <laughs> All right, well, well, that's a wrap for episode one. Uh, tune in for the next episode of This Binge Watchers Live. Yes, This Binge Watchers Live. Definitely going to be shorter for the next episode. For... Yeah, episode one, we had a lot to cover, a lot <laughs> yeah, of setup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace.